We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Alright, welcome back to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast on Ramstalk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, today, this is recent news. The Rams, or the NFL, just approved a $500 million uh, either loan or payout to uh, the Rams for construction of SoFi Stadium. So, things are going great, apparently. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I want to ask the NFL for a couple million dollars myself. <laughs> I mean, that'd be amazing. But I think what it is is the stadium is going to be a lot bigger and a lot more aesthetic than people are anticipating. So um, I think it's good news for both Ram fans and, and really the city of Inglewood. What, what do you think would, would have been more likely? Um, like tomorrow 
the coronavirus just ceases to exist just out of nowhere uh the virus like goes on strike or something and just stops existing and this is all over or when the rams were in st louis the nfl owners approved lending them 500 million dollars for stadium development uh i would probably say the uh the least likely to happen would probably be the stadium uh in st louis <laughs> just because i i mean here's i guess the hope is with the coronavirus is it will cease to exist at some point whether it be by vaccination or hopefully it just goes away if we all become safe um and are a little more responsible but that's another story uh the as far as st louis goes yeah i i don't know if the nfl wants to do business in st louis anymore it just it doesn't seem like it <laughs> yeah the everyone involved was thrilled to see that team move that in, like you're you're nuts if you think there was a genuine effort to really keep the team in st louis and not move them back into la look i'm happy they're in la uh, i feel for the st louis fans uh i i appreciate the ones that are still with us as fans obviously i hope they're all for the most part still with us as people um but that, the, that team was gone and there was there was nothing that could be done about it um and anyways, today's show, we are going to be playing what we call a round of golf, uh, which Johnny just came up with before the podcast like two minutes ago, where we're going we're gonna to run through pretty much every quarterback in the league and decide if for the next five years we'd rather have them or Jared Goff. Uh, but before we do that, guys, don't forget if you haven't, I'm sure most of you have, to listen to our other show on the feed, Rams Talk Radio, uh, with Derek, Michael Stewart, Steve Goldstein over there. Uh, I actually listened to uh, their pod this week, and I thought it was very good. Uh, and don't forget, we got new jerseys. There's no better time to give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already and be entered to win a Rams jersey. Uh, you can get a new one. You can get an old one. Doesn't matter. It's on the house. Uh, send a re- leave a review. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, you can still make an iTunes account and leave this review to be entered in the sweepstakes. Send us a screenshot, ramstalk9045 at gmail.com with who's entering. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us, whatever. Uh, and when we get to 200 review- five-star reviews, you will be entered to win a jersey. And we're actually getting close, Johnny. It looks like... We had some progress over the last week. We got a couple of reviews. We're 16 away, so you don't want to miss being involved in this. Uh, this was a recent recent review uh, from L Sissy. It says, I'm not a huge Rams fan, but my boyfriend made me listen. I actually enjoyed the podcast. Lots of great tidbits, and that Steve guy is pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if they're talking about me or Steve Goldstein on the other podcast, our Melonhead. Uh, either way, I'm taking it. And no matter what podcast she's talking about, it look the highest honor is listening to a podcast because your significant other is making you and actually enjoying it. That is, I would take that over any diehard Rams fan saying they enjoy this podcast. That to me uh, is the highest level of uh, like gratification you can get in this business. I think. Having a significant other who does not give a shit about football or the Rams enjoy your podcast, 
to me is just as rewarding as if Sean McVay called me and said, Hey, Steve, love the pod. Steve, uh, you can you can uh, thank uh, your girlfriend for us because, uh, <laughs> you know, she didn't have to leave a review. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's got a review buried in there somewhere from years ago. <laughs> so she can't review twice. Uh, <laughs> it's okay steve we figured out we figured out your game this it's person okay. might not even be talking about me look they could be talking about the other steve on the other podcast uh either way shout out to them for listening to one of our pods i don't really care which one it was uh johnny we put out a call for questions on twitter today we did not get a lot so if you're on twitter and wanted to ask us something and didn't do it I'm not. I'm no hard feelings. You can ask us next week, or when you're listening to this podcast, go on Twitter and ask us a question, and we'll answer it next week. Uh, it's it's May, so we got plenty of time. Uh, but we did get two. Uh, first one from Eric Dreyer. Shout out to Eric. He, he t- an active tweeter in the Ramsaw community. Uh, thoughts about Eric Dickerson's comments about the Rams recently? Doing more harm than good? Question mark. <laughs> uh, so Eric Dickerson, for those who are unaware, was really critical uh, about the logo, and we talked about that. He he was putting together some logos to send to like Kevin Demoff to reconsider, and honestly, some of them that he was cons- that Dickerson was trying to push were terrible logos. Uh, not all of them, but some of them were not good. And now the jerseys are out, and he said the colors aren't bad. Um, but he does not like the uniforms really at all. He doesn't like the stripe around the sleeve. Uh, he he says it almost looks like a lightning bolt, like the Chargers logo, which we've talked about in the past, is, is a fair criticism. Uh, <laughs> he talked about how they're trying to cram all this stuff with waves and surfing, and he doesn't like that. And this is a good quote. Am I disappointed? Yes. I'm very, 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 very disappointed in the helmet. Man, that's not a ram's horn. I said to the artist, I said, you tell me what ram horn looks like that. <laughs> I said, you know what it looks like? It looks like a goat. That's kind of start starting and stopping, but it's not a ram. Uh, so Eric's asking if this does more harm than good. Uh, to me, the only thing that this is doing harm to is Dickerson's relationship with the rams. You know, we're talking about a guy uh, who got thrown off the sidelines for the season by Jeff Fisher a couple of years ago, and we all chastised Jeff Fisher for it, but here we are, uh, four years later, Eric <laughs> Dickerson's still shitting on the Rams. Uh, so, to me, I I think this is, it is what it is. I don't, I don't think it's causing, it's definitely causing more harm than good, I'd say, but I don't really think it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's just one guy shouting his opinion. That just happens to be a former Rams legend. And look, we all go on Twitter to shout out our opinion. So he, he can say whatever he wants. And I don't think anyone's really going to feel affected by it, I guess. No, I, I don't think, um, I don't think this is harmful at all. You know, you don't have to agree with everything the Rams do. I mean, we sure, we sure as hell don't. Um, and that's that's kind of the great thing about having an online voice is we can say whatever we want. And that's basically what Eric Dickerson is doing. Now, 
he doesn't seem to like anything modern and that's I can understand. I mean, he played on a, you know, classic Rams jersey. Um, so for him to not like it makes sense to me. You know, um, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the jersey. I'm not as overly critical as him. But um, there are sections of the jersey that I don't appreciate either, which we discussed uh, last podcast. So the only thing that I just kind of you know, scratched my head on was the two banana things. I'm trying to figure out what banana he's eating. I've never seen a <laughs> banana shape like that before. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge fan of, of the helmet design. I don't hate it nearly as much as he does. But the helmet is, it it, it is what it is. It's nothing that bad. If any, if there's anything of the changes to be overly critical about, it's the logo, the main logo. Um, and in that regard, I can totally agree with every sentiment he has there. But everything else, I feel like he just doesn't like change, and he's kind of one of those uh, older men that just, just you know, scoffs at everything that's the you know new. And that's what he comes off as. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are people that just love old school things. Uh, in fact, uh, our Debbie Downer, Derek Downer, um, <laughs> is the same kind of way. You know, he loves kind of the old school classic things. And to a degree, I, I do too. But um, I don't think there's an issue with modernizing a few things. And I feel like the Rams tried to do that and failed in a lot of ways, but also succeeded in some ways too. And to me, um, I agree on the logo. It it's not it's not good, and I, I I do not mind him for ripping on that as hard as he did. I and look, everyone can is allowed to have their opinions, good or bad, on on the jerseys. Their jerseys. It's May. We have nothing to talk about. I I'm okay with anyone <laughs> saying whatever. Like seriously, it's it's May, guys. Um, but I I think the helmet to me is the strongest part of the whole kit. Now you could take that as a good thing or a bad thing, but I like that helmet. I actually don't, I think the split works a lot better on the helmet than on the logo. Uh, like a lot better. I think I, to me, it looks fine on the helmet. I'm going to say I've had a week to sit on it. I think that helmet looks really good. Uh, I think the jerseys will look pretty good. I got to see them on the field hearse, but I think that helmet looks really good. Fair enough. Yeah, that's about all I got. Um, other question we got: Jason Tyra at Turbo Fargo. That's a, that's a great Twitter name. Uh, Jim Everett has been on a few pods and, given his engagement with fans, has been deemed by some as the new Rambaster. Jason agrees and wanted to know what you we think. Is that a, is that like a like a uh, Johnny? You know more about the the fan base, I guess, than I do. Is Rambaster like a like a position? You know, if it was, it's kind of new to me. Um, but I love it. I love, I love the play on words there. Uh, you know, and it, and it fits not? Jim. It fits Jim. I, I don't know if this is an existing thing or not, but uh, coming from somebody who, and Johnny, you could probably relate to me on this, has never watched Jim Everett play. Uh, he is a like an integral part. I feel like of of the Rams fan base and community. 
and he just also happens to be a guy who played quarterback for the team and was pretty damn good as our quarterback. So yeah, I, I I'm with it. I love Jim. Uh, I I welcome him on the pod anytime to talk about the team, and uh, I think it'd be kind of funny if he came on the pod to talk to just us because you know Derek grew up watching this guy, and we really like don't have that much affiliation with him outside of he's a Rams legend and we're Rams fans. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, it, it, it would be a, um, it would be interesting to say that we grew up watching him, but that would kind of be a lie. Uh, a little bit before our time, uh, I guess I watched. I think I watched like maybe a little bit as a kid, but would I remember it? Not really. That was not really my time uh, in terms of what I can remember, anyway. Uh, but Hey, you know what? I, I enjoy talking with Rams legends. I've had, I've had the opportunity to speak to a few and, uh, and to tell you the truth, you know, talking to them both, uh, in an interview and off, uh, off an interview, it's just amazing just to kind of, um, you know, have a few conversations with them. It's something I'll never take for granted because, uh, uh, you know, not every, everyone has that opportunity to speak with them, but uh, kudos to the ones that have been able to talk to them. That's not even, you know, in media per se, because uh, these, uh, some of these legends are just that personable where they'll go out and uh, even join like tailgates and stuff like that. I think in that regard, you know, we're really lucky to have those kinds of few people uh, as quote unquote ambassadors. Yeah. And he, he's as big a one as anybody. And he, he was a good player on the Rams for a long time, and looking at his career game log, I can confirm that I was born 25 days after he played his last game with the Rams. So I wasn't alive while he played for the team. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, how old, how old are you? You're not that much older than me, right? Um, 30. Okay, so you were four when he stopped playing for the Rams. So you also did not watch Jim Everett play for the Rams. Yeah, not really. <laughs> you have you have no memories of him playing for the Rams. I do actually have memories of when the Rams cuz I, I uh we went to the very last game uh of the Rams being in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Uh, he was probably So I do have th- some memories. I couldn't tell you what exactly happened because again, I'm so young at that point. But I do have memories of them playing in in Los Angeles before they went on to uh, go to St. Louis. My my first sporting memory was, I I guess when I was little, I was a Cleveland Indians fan. And my family took me to a Yankee game when they were playing the Indians. And I cried because it was too loud. And I got chirped by a lot of people. (laughs) Like, I must have been four or five years old. And, like, I was, like, people were talking shit to me. (laughs) <laughs> you cried because it was too loud <laughs> dude i was so little i don't know man i uh, i i bounced back as a sports fan uh, <laughs> that's, that's my story uh anyways I did, let's... Have, I did have a moment though uh i did have a moment where um i i thought that because uh, my dad was telling me that you know, trying to tell like a, a little boy that the team was not coming back to Los Angeles. 
because I, you know, he tried to inform me that they weren't going to come back. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't like retain with me until the very last game. And, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they won that game that, that we went to. And I, I asked my dad, I distinctly remember asking my dad, I'm like, does that mean that the Rams aren't leaving anymore because they won? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, damn, that really registered with me. Uh, you gotta, you gotta love like innocent, stupid things kids say watching sports. I remember when, uh, I wanted the Rams to put Marshall Falk at kick returner, uh, to return the last kick against the Patriots in the, the Super Bowl in 01 that we lost. I was like, why would they not put Marshall Falk back there? <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it could have made a difference. It, you it, never you know. You never know. that Mike Martz, you should have called me, buddy. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Uh, anyways, all right, we're going to play our round of golf here. So uh, basically our game here, and I'm going to lay out the rules. Uh, we're looking at quarterbacks that we would... Like, would we take Jared Goff or quarterback A for the next five years? Uh, so if they're going to retire in that span, that's a factor. Uh, you assume they're healthy to the, like, most uh, you can assume it. So injury history matters. Uh, age obviously matters. I would say, Johnny, to make this easier, let's just assume that this quarterback is going to be making a lot of money. Like we don't need to, we don't need to factor in salary. Like if if it's a rookie, let's assume they're going to get extended and get a massive contract. Either way, uh, I don't think that really makes for interesting discussion. So I've broken up the guys that I don't think are worth talking about. The first four, the no sane person should try to argue that you'd rather have Jared Goff than any of these guys, and that's Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson is that fair uh yeah I I think if even if you're a diehard Rams fan I think you'd be crazy to not want any of those guys over over golf yeah you could say like Lamar Jackson only really had one good year I don't give a fuck that year was insane I would take him in a heartbeat uh it's it's not worth discussing uh these guys are obvious Jared Goff is the choice uh, oh, and by the way, I didn't mention the rules. I'm just uh, Johnny because we talked about like doing Cam Newton or not. I'm just gonna do the best quarterback from each roster. So no Cam, no Jameis, no any anyone like that. Uh, these are the obvious. You take Jared Goff, Jared Stidham, whoever is playing quarterback in Chicago, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, Dwayne Haskins. It's obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, these three, I feel like are obvious. I don't know if you have any takes on any of these guys, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. Uh, we only got one year, but I think you'd still go Jared Goff there. And then I was going to talk about like figure we do Sam Darnold as a one-off, but 
I, after two years, he's still really young, so there might be a case there. But I like I think we're both going to assume Goff easily, right? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> he he hasn't proven anything, and not to say that he can't improve. I think that's certainly a possibility, but considering not only the injury history but the lack of success on top of that i i'm still got to go with golf in this case yeah and all three of these guys today i think it's an obvious decision but i think both are all three are decent prospects and in a year it might be a conversation but it's not today um and these four quarterbacks they're old tom brady drew Brees. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. Tom Brady's 43. Drew Brees is 41. Uh, Philip Rivers is 38. And Ben Roethlisberger is also 38. I, if this was like, if we're saying like two years, I think each of these guys could be a conversation. But for five years, I don't really think it is. Uh, It might increase your chance of winning a Super Bowl this year, but I don't think it increases it enough with any of these guys. I mean, like, if you put Jared Goff on the Saints, he'd play worse than Drew Brees, but I think if you put Drew Brees on the Rams, I don't know if he would be as good of a fit for the system we run, given his, like, how he's aged. He's still obviously a great quarterback. I don't think he can he can huck the ball deep as deep as well anymore and stuff like that. I don't... Uh, Rivers and Roethlisberger can, but they're they're well on the wrong side of thirty, and I don't think I I think it's Goff easily on all four of these guys if we're talking about a five year window. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, we're not comparing him for just one year or even two years. It's a five year span. So unless you're really doubtful of of Goff, and unless you really have a lot of faith in like a <laughs> a 40 i guess i guess brady would be 48 right <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. The, but then there's also like you're thinking of would the next two or three years of brady be worth missing the last two of Goff? and in some cases uh, it might but i don't think it is with brady yeah i i i just i think at this point you know age certainly makes a difference and you'd have to assume that these guys are going to still play at a higher level uh, in the next five years, and it's it's not happening. They're they're all well past their prime. So yeah, I I would have to go with golf easily. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and lastly, the rookies. So so at least now we've gotten out of the way. That was like thirteen quarterbacks. We said we'd rather have golf. So the good news is we have not counting contract for the next five years, a top 20 quarterback situation, which is better than a lot of teams. Um, Would you today, if contracts weren't a thing or if they were irrelevant, would you trade Jared Goff for any of the, the first round rookies, which would be Joe Burrow to attack Lavolia. I don't know if I had to say his last name and Justin Herbert. Uh, well, certainly not Herbert. No, yeah, I think I Herbert has, yeah, he has potential, I guess, but am I ecstatic about Herbert? No, I think I take my chances with Goff. Um, I guess the main guys you would really compare to 
is uh, Tagovailoa and uh, Burrow. And personally, I like Tua better than Burrow. Um, I know Burrow had the stronger ending of his career, mainly because Tua uh, got injured. But I feel like I like Tua a lot, but would I be willing to trade him uh, you know, for Goff at this moment? It's hard to say because you don't know how either of these guys are going to transition to the NFL. You know, they could look as promising as any other quarterback out there, but it ain't going to mean anything until they step foot on the football field. So if I was a betting man and and wanting to see, you know, how any of these players develop, I think I would still stick with Goff because at least I know what I have in Goff. And the other two, you just simply don't. Yeah, and I, I think because because we're not really factoring contracts here. Yeah, you stick with Goff because he's proven he could get you to a Super Bowl. And he didn't play like that last year, but he's still only 25 years old, and there's still so much to like with him. I do think if we are factoring contracts, like if the Bengals called the Rams before the draft and said, we will give you the number one pick for Jared Goff, like they probably do it, right? Because... If you're thinking that you could go out, you could sign just hypothetically, like you could have signed Cam Newton or Andy Dalton or somebody like that, and you have Joe Burrow, and then you have a shitload of money to spend on more talent. Uh, in that sense, yeah, I think they would have done it. But if, like, I'm just saying for the next five years in a vacuum on the Rams, which quarterback would I rather have? I still think it's Goff. Yeah, I mean, if, if first of all, if, 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 uh, the Bengals made that offer. I think there's no question in my mind that uh, Les Need takes that trade in a second. Like he he wouldn't even think about it. He'd be like he'd be like yes. Right. All right. And so the funny thing is, I think even I, I think if uh, if the Rams did even have the number one overall pick, I don't think the pick would be Burrow. I think they would probably go after a guy like Cam Newton. They'd have to make space, uh, money space, uh, financial space for them. Well, actually, no, because then you're out of Goff's contract. So that would be a blessing. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the biggest I'll factor why I think they would take the trade because even if you don't get Burrow and you take like Chase Young – uh, you have enough money to get one of the decent quarterbacks on the market, and you have a lot of money to bring in good players. Uh, you could hypothetically add Chase Young, and then like uh, it wouldn't really work roster out, but like Jadavian Clowney and Cam Newton, and shit, and fucking bring Blake Bortles back in case Cam Newton's washed, and you probably still have money to add another good player. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a no brainer in that sense. But we said contracts don't matter, so. We're not doing that discussion today, even though we just did. Sad. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we have 11 guys to discuss. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. He's, he'll be 36 years old to start the season, so you're getting him from 36 to 41. Oh, and to lay out Goff's numbers, too. He's 25 years old. He turns 26 in December. Three seasons under McVay. Per year, he's averaging about – a little under 4,400 yards, 27 touchdowns, 11.7 interceptions, 63% completion rate, fumbled 10 times a year, 
sacked 27 times a year. Last year, completed 63% of his passes, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, uh, 4,638 yards. Only sacked 22 times, which is crazy. I believe that was like the least total for a team in the NFL. Uh, And he had a 86.5 passer rating, which was 22nd among starters. So not great, but overall he's made two Pro Bowls. He's obviously made a Super Bowl. Uh, But Aaron Rodgers... Last year, in what was like probably considered a down year, he only completed 62% of his passes, but he still had 4,000 yards pretty much, uh, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions. In his last 32 games, he's thrown six interceptions. To me, the big question here is, do you think Rodgers can – because he's tailing off a little bit, but do you think he will be good enough over the next five years to switch – out Jared got for him and I think the answer is a resounding yes uh absolutely uh if I'm if I'm deciding between Goff and and AA Ron Rogers for the next five years I, I'm absolutely taking Rogers uh the reason being is because even with his down year he had a hell of a season and one of the things that isn't really covered is how horrible of a job the Green Bay Packers have done in getting him legitimate weapons. That's been the story of his career. Really? He's let's put it this way. Every receiver that has basically left Green Bay under, you know, when he was made a name out of being thrown to the, um, by Aaron Rodgers, you know, they have basically fallen off the face of the earth. And they still have yet to really give him legitimate weapons. Even in the NFL draft this year, uh, you know, they they would have rather used their top pick on a backup quarterback than getting him weapons. So that's kind of the frustrating thing if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, I'd imagine, that you still have yet to give him weapons. And if you bring a guy like Aaron Rodgers to the Los Angeles Rams roster, that's kind of loaded at the moment, even with a bad offensive line. I think Aaron Rodgers would be excited to play for the Rams because there are legitimate weapons, even without, you know, Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley. Now you still have a lot of weapons to throw to. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's still the better quarterback. And even five years from now, I would still rather have him just because he's that talented. And I think when you have, those kinds of weapons around him, he'll flourish. I mean, he's basically playing for store brand Sean McVay anyways right now. So like, <laughs> I think he would love to play for the Rams, love to play with these weapons, uh, love to play for a team that didn't, in the first and second round, draft a backup quarterback for him and a running back when they literally had two productive running backs last year that both touched the ball a shitload of times and are both still on the team. So, I, yeah, I he'd be thrilled to get the fuck out of there, uh, especially if he was coming here. Uh, so, both Rodgers there, not Goff. Next one, Kirk Cousins. Uh, much maligned by a lot of the people in the Rams Talk radio network, I feel like. Uh, he'll be 32 at the start of the season. Two years in Minnesota, he's completing nearly 70% of his passes, 28 touchdowns to 8 interceptions on average. 
his two healthy years under Sean McVay, he was throwing 4,500 yards a year, 27 touchdowns to 11 and a half interceptions per year. So not that far off from what Jared Goff has done under Sean McVay. And because it's not that far off, and I like Kirk Cousins a lot more than you and Derek. I feel like I think he's a really good quarterback, but I don't think it moves the needle enough. Even like today, I think he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. That might be a hot take to say. Today, I think he is. But in five years, I don't think he will be. In three years, I don't think he will be. And for that reason, I think it's pretty clearly Goff here. So uh, this might be an unpopular opinion also. But I am not a fan of Kirk Cousins at all. I feel like he had a very good offensive system in Minnesota. And he still hasn't really done much of anything. In fact, they were literally right there, had the playoffs in, in you know, within their rearview mirror, and yet they still failed. And a lot of that goes on Kirk Cousins. Now, not all of it, but they had amazing weapons. He doesn't have that excuse of being in Washington anymore. And he still has yet to do a damn thing. And it's and I don't understand how that's even possible. So But are you are you, you know, saying this because of like a lack of playoff success? Cause Johnny, I don't know if you remember this, but he beat playoff like savant, a guy who we love and adore, Sean Payton and Drew Brees in the first round last year. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But how far how much further did they go i mean still like i i don't think like you could take a lack of playoff success as the reason to knock her because he's not a perfect quarterback by any means but i think he is a pretty damn good quarterback and has been good for a while uh, he's oh he's decent he's a he's a top half quarterback i think like a top 16 quarterback today which to me is is a loaded position that's pretty good and I think – I don't think you could blame the lack of playoff success as why he's not that good. Just look at how many quarterbacks haven't really experienced playoff success. Philip Rivers hasn't really experienced any. Tony Romo never really experienced any. Those are both guys who are really good quarterbacks, I'd say. Yeah, that's true to an extent. But it's – you know, a, a lot of things you have to consider too – is how much help that Kirk Cousins has, and it's like, a lot. what's really the excuse? Well, the the like, excuse. I, I mean, who who'd they run into last year? Was it was it San Francisco or um, Green Bay? San Francisco. So I mean, they ran into a buzzsaw on defense, and I. I don't know, man. I think the last two years are really the only years he's had much like a team positioned for success. I mean, those Washington teams weren't that good that he, he snuck into the, he snuck into the playoffs once with them. Uh, he didn't move the needle enough when he replaced Kirk cousins that, or sorry, replaced our boy case Keenum in 2018 that I would agree with to an extent, but I think he played really well last year and was a big part of why they got to the playoffs and won a game. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just think that Kirk Cousins is a little bit overrated. Certainly doesn't have that contract worth there. 
hey, that kind of sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> but but if I had to choose between Cousins for the next five years and Goff for the next five years, it's clearly Goff. And, uh, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Cousins for next year. So for next year, you'd still take Goff over Cousins? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. Just because I I think um, if I look at it this way, if you if you have them interchangeable for next year, would I rather have Goff and who has proven that he can take in the he could take the Rams to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, if I have the choice between Cousins, who has proven that he can't handle pressure at all, uh, yeah, I, I'm still gonna stick with Goff. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I think you're being a little hard on him, but. Uh, for this year, I think it's a toss-up, and for the next five years, I um, it's definitely Goff. Uh, this is one of the more interesting ones, I think, on the list. <laughs> Kyler Murray. It just makes me laugh because I think about how funny he looks like playing football <laughs> in the NFL. As I've said before, and as I will say again, the guy is a baller, and I, he's just so short. It cracks me up. Like The number one makes him look so much smaller, too, than he actually is, I feel like. Uh, anyways, obviously Kyler Murray in the division, first overall pick last year, only going to be 23 at the start of the season next year. Uh, as a rookie, 64% completion rate, 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, sacked 48 times, added 544 rushing yards and four touchdowns. So can move on the ground. He's a pretty good passer. He's undersized. He's going to have that against him his whole career. But Russell Wilson's undersized, and he's arguably the best quarterback in the league. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Who? What do you think? You think it's? I'm guessing you think it's Goff for the next five years. This one's actually a little tough because a lot can change um, if we go by this upcoming year, and I don't know if it's going to be a credit to him or the credit to the team around him because. Arizona has a better-looking offense already just because of having the presence of DeAndre Hopkins. So if he if he thrives, I don't know how much to give credit to him. Last year, there were times like I was thinking, okay, maybe there's more to, to Kyler than, than I thought. But then there were times where like, what the hell is this guy doing out there? Like... There was just a lot of questionable things he would do out there that just, I don't know. And again, he is a rookie, so that's something to consider. But it's really hard to tell at this moment. So if I were to say anything, I would probably go with Goff just because, again, I know what I'm getting there. And Murray, it's just kind of too soon to tell. Yeah, if, so, like, I look at this like if hypothetically they had the same contract, it's a type of deal where if one of the – like, both teams, if they're talking to Kyler Murray for Jared Goff swap, both teams would say no uh, today. I think this is a question where we will have a definitive answer this time next year, depending on how Goff plays and how Murray plays. Uh, there's a chance Murray just blows the fuck up and becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's a chance – Goff gets back to his old form, and Murray kind of treads water a little bit as a sophomore. Uh, It's not a short joke. Uh, He's also taller than me, so uh, (laughs) take all this for what you will. I think today I would say Goff by a hair just because, you know, 
he took us to the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, if we're basing this just on what we saw out of the two only last season, I think I'd say Murray has the more promising future, but we're not, and I think I'd still go Goff. That's fair enough. So we're three for three on agreeing with each other, but I, I think that's going to change on some of these. Matthew Stafford, 32 years old, uh, last last season in eight games, he, uh, he was injured for the first time since 2010. Literally didn't miss a game between 2011 and 2018. Uh, he had 2,500 yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, only in eight games, as I mentioned. Uh, since 2010, so since he came back from that injury, he's averaging a little over 4,200 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12.6 interceptions on 63% completion. The craziest stat about him is he's made less Pro Bowls in his career than Jared Goff. He's only made one, uh, which feels nuts, uh, especially considering how many people shift in and out of Pro Bowls with like alternates and all that. Uh, last year's passer rating was 106 in his eight games. That's the sixth best in the NFL uh, behind... <laughs> oh, I didn't mention this, Johnny. Last year, Kirk Cousins was fourth in the NFL in passer rating. But I, I will say Matthew Stafford did it with a lot less weapons than Kirk Cousins did. It's it's he's It's such a weird case with Matthew Stafford because, like, I feel like he's really good. Like, I feel like he's a really good quarterback, and uh, it's a tough time to ask this question coming off that injury, but I don't know. I think this is – I'm curious. I don't – what do you th- – this is a really hard one, I think, to me, because I don't think he's going to be washed at 37. I think Matthew Stafford is by far the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, and I think that for whatever reason he's not – credited as much as he should be especially considering that he plays in Detroit you know the the Lions have very much like their you know NFC North counterparts the uh the Packers they have failed to get uh they have failed to get uh Matthew Stafford some weapons he hasn't really had too many weapons since Megatron left he didn't have yeah. too many weapons when Megatron was there, besides Megatron. Yeah, there you have it. And that's that's kind of interesting. And you know what? He still performs very, very well, considering he's 32 years old. And yeah, he's had a bit of an injury history, but you know, the offensive line hasn't really been there for him either. So, you know, I, it, it, it's a blend of if you put Matthew Stafford on the Rams, I think he would flourish a lot, even though they're, you know, the Rams offensive line isn't really uh, that great, but still the weapons are so much better. So I think if you ask me this question, like, I don't know, like four years ago, I would have easily said Stafford. But at this point, even though I still have a lot of faith in in Stafford, and I think for the next two years, I would say I would rather have Stafford over Goff. Um, if we're talking about a five-year plan, I would still rather have Goff. This one's tough. I, I just, I, 
basically with a lot of this, you're betting that Goff is going to get back to how he looked in 2018 and consistently play at that level if you're going to take him over a guy like Stafford. But if you're going to take Stafford, you got to assume that he's going to come back fine from his injury. And I think he will because really he's he's had an injury every eight years. So if you're going by that logic, he won't get injured while he's on the Rams for the next five years. This one's hard, and I wouldn't judge anyone for going the other direction. But I think I today I would still take Matthew Stafford. If, you, if the Lions called us up and offered Matthew Stafford for Goff, I think I, I, think I would prefer to have Stafford as a quarterback but it's this is a tough one this is a really tough one uh because I I do think he's a really good player uh, like I said in short term I absolutely agree with you I, I think I would take Stafford but I I think it's kind of incorrect to assume that that Stafford's going to continue to play at a higher level in fact he, he's surprising me now that he's still at the higher level considering how old he is um, not that he's super old or anything. I mean, you got Tom Brady playing at 43, but um, it's still it's still a bit of a surprise considering just how little help he's had and the injuries and everything. So um, I, I don't necessarily blame you because I think in the foreseeable future, like the next two years, uh, for sure, Stafford, I think I, I would rather have over Goff. But at, at this moment... Um, for the longevity of it for the five years, uh, I think Goff is still the guy. Well, I think you get you to. I would expect Stafford to play at a very high level for at least three of those. I'd probably bet on four, and I would rather bet on that than bet on Goff to be playing at a. I don't know. It, it just feels like the safer bet, and we have a lot of talent on this team, and I think I'd prefer to go that route. But it's. Look, it might sound negative on Goff, but I love Goff, and I think he will be a good player, but he's already been a good player. I think he'll get back to that form and be a really good player. But today I'm taking Stafford, and I want to preface, because I'm going to get really negative and really fired up on our next quarterback, Johnny, that I do love Jared Goff, and I think he will be a good quarterback for us for as long as he's on the team, and he will bounce back from last year's down year. But the next guy... It's Carson Wentz, and there's I've oh. seen <laughs> I've seen a lot of topics on Twitter of like there there was a redraft of the 2016 draft and like Chris Sims did it, uh, and it was Carson Wentz one and Dak Prescott two, which is a it's a whole another topic. But it was a lot of Rams fans chiming and saying that it's silly that Goff wasn't listed which I guess it was, and Dak's another debate that we will have, but a lot of people are saying that like they take Goff over Wentz, and a big factor is that Wentz is always injured when it counts. Look, guys, Wentz got injured at the end of the 2013 season. It was a bad injury. Uh, he came back from it. Yeah, he missed that playoff run. Uh, I saw some guys say that they played better without him, which is a load of horse shit. Obviously, Nick's Nick Foles did what he did in the Super Bowl, but they were literally the best team in the NFL when he got hurt, and he probably would have won MVP if he didn't get hurt. Uh, then he has a somewhat down year because he's still recovering from the injury. He misses a couple games. Uh, and then last and Nick Foles played in the playoffs that year because, look, he was still recovering from the injury. I don't know. And then people will factor in last year's game where he got knocked out of the game on a kind of cheap hit 
and got a concussion, which I, unless you're a like frequent concussion getter, like a Brandon Cooks, that's not a lingering injury, and that's not something you should really factor into somebody being injury prone unless it continues. Uh, and it's not something that you consider like a persisting thing until it happens a bunch of times. So to me, factoring in the chance, the fact that yeah, he did, ha- he has missed a couple games. I I still think it's Carson Wentz. It's like not even a second thought that I would take him for the next five years, for the next one year, for the next ten years, the next twenty years uh, over Jared Goff. I mean, this guy's a fucking baller, man. If you could look me straight in the eye and say for one game you would take Jared Goff over Carson Wentz, you need to win one game. You're going to war. You're going to take Goff over Wentz. I don't believe you. I think you're lying to yourself, and I think you need to clean your homer goggles. Wow, uh, don't hold back there, Steve. So so much passion behind that one. I and these guys are linked for eternity because of the draft, and I think like people will will talk themselves in circles to believe that Goff is the better quarterback. And shit, maybe in five years he will be. But today, I don't even think it's a question, even with the injury history. <laughs> the my have the tables have turned here. You are such a uh, um, a pro golf, and I was such a pro Wentz I know. during the NFL draft. I know, and how the shifts have turned there. So, here's the thing: I agree with you in a lot of different ways. Like, I certainly agree with you uh, if we were to go by this year. Um, if Carson Wentz, uh, if you had to choose between Carson Wentz and golf, absolutely, Wentz is the guy. He's proven that uh, he can be that better player, you know, when healthy. And that's kind of the key in all of this. If we're, if we're looking at this from a one year perspective, yeah, I'm going to go with Wentz. But if we're looking at it from a five year perspective, they're both at a similar age. So that's age doesn't really come into play here so much, but injuries are a concern. And if you don't think injuries are a concern, I think, you're, you really need to really look back in his career because yeah, he, he, um, there, there are times where he's really, really shined and he looked like, you know, one hell of a quarterback, but then he's also has gotten injured to the point where like, I'm thinking, is it really worth it? Because you don't know if he's one injury away from, you know, completely destroying his you know, his career to where the point where he can't even be as effective. And I know that can be said for any player, but considering the injury history, it doesn't make it any better on Carson Wentz. So if I'm going to be, if I'm going to go for the safer route, I think I would still go with golf for the next five years because Wentz's injury history does terrify me. Uh, because we know a thing or two about injured quarterbacks, cough Sam Bradford, uh, because we don't want we don't want to have guys like Austin Davis coming out there and and starting for us. We just we don't want that. So <laughs> I'm just saying, leave I'm just Austin saying. Davis alone. <laughs> so yeah, Goff is still my pick. Not necessarily because I believe Goff is the better quarterback at this moment, because that's definitely not true. But considering the injuries, 
They just terrify me with Carson Wentz. And especially with this terrible offensive line. Are you kidding me? No, I am going to go with Jared Goff. I I think, yes, like I might have been underplaying the injuries a little bit, but I think my point was really like I think a lot of people have been overplaying it. It's not nearly as scary as Sam Bradford to me. It's not even close. And also he's no. much better than Sam Bradford. You have to factor sure. that in as well. Like it's to me For it's sure. kind of like like Johnny if if you're running an NBA team and let's say you have Rudy Gobert, a really good center, defensive player of the year, and the Sixers call you and say we'll give you Joel Embiid for Rudy Gobert. Are you not say, taking it because of the injury risk there? Like you take that trade every time. Uh, yeah, but I think this is slightly different though. <laughs> the gap. Look, because I'm a Sixers fan, so it's different, and I think the gap is a lot closer between these two. But it's just, I don't know. It seems like like he's the real clear cut choice, and I get. I don't think the injuries scare me off enough to not say I would rather have him as my quarterback. And if you and you do, and that's fine, but I, I don't agree. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're button heads. Um, we've been going for a while, so I don't. I have Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield on here. Are they worth discussing? No. Yeah, Josh. No. Josh Allen, like he, his running ability adds a lot, and it would add a, a shitload to our offense. But his completion percentages are awful. Uh, he, he's yet to complete sixty percent of his passes in a season. Uh, he was sacked thirty-eight times last year, despite running for five hundred ten yards. So, like, you take that as you will. And, and then Baker, there's a lot. There was a lot to like as a rookie, but they they made the offense better last year. And his numbers dipped across the board, um, and he had the second worst passer rating in the NFL behind Andy Dalton. So I, there's not really a world where I don't think you can say with a straight face today you'd rather have Baker Mayfield for five years. So here's the thing: um, I just declined Kyler Murray, you know, right, instead of right. Jared Goff. And am I going to take Josh Allen when I decline Kyler Murray? Hell no. You know, not not to say that Josh Allen doesn't have some potential. I still think he's going to, you know, perform very well. But still, if if I'm going by the logic that I'm going, no, I, I'm going to stick with Goff instead of uh, Allen. As far as Baker Mayfield... Oh, Lord. Rest in peace, fantasy football team. He was my top quarterback that I took <laughs> last year. Oh. And uh, luckily, I ended up taking Russell Wilson later. Uh, that saved me a lot. Uh, but we're not talking fantasy football. We're talking about actual football here. And the he's fact, just as bad. Uh, yes. The, the fact that there was so much firepower, like... Literally, this was a scary team because of how much talent offensively that they have. You know, there's absolutely no excuse that Baker Mayfield shouldn't have had a Pro Bowl season. Like, he had that much talent on there. And, yeah, he's still very young and he can still develop. But if you can't thrive 
in that kind of offense, yeah, that there's something wrong there. And and I do think Baker Mayfield will bounce back. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that he's going to just flop. I, I don't believe that for one second. I do think he's going to improve. How much so? That I don't know. Um, and on that regard, you, you, the choice is still Jared Goff. Yeah, and he's the same age as Goff. He's like three months younger, I think. So it's there's nothing really there to to drive. And like you said, if we're gonna say no to Kyler Murray, it's not really even a discussion with those guys. Uh, Matt Ryan is the next guy. He's 35 years old. Last year, he completed 66 percent of his passes, threw 26 touchdowns, around 4,500 yards, 14 interceptions. Uh, his averages from the last three years after he won his MVP. Uh, 67% completion rate, 4,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 38 sacks per year over that stretch. Not great. Uh, his MVP year, though, it was only four years ago, and he completed 70% of his passes, 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. And I think one thing that could kind of get slept down on that season is they went 11-5. and five. So we're not we're not sitting here talking about, like, they had the best record in the league. You gave him the MVP. Like that was a real, genuine MVP that he earned, uh, and wasn't just like best player, best team kind of thing. So to me, the Stafford he's or Ryan, he's three years older than Stafford, but I think he's better, and he's been better, and I think he currently is better. You don't really have an injury risk here. I, I think it's tough to say because like he's worse than Rodgers. Uh, and we won't Rodgers, obviously, but I do think Matt Ryan is good enough where if you put him in Sean McVay's system and he's motivated as fuck, you get three really goddamn good seasons out of him. Maybe you don't get five, but I think the what you'd get in those three would be worth switching, and I think I would go Ryan. But like Stafford, I wouldn't really like judge people for going the other direction. So this one's really, really tough for me because, again, kind of like Stafford, if you asked me, uh, you know, about three or four years ago, there's no question it, the answer is Matt Ryan. However, I will say that Matt Ryan, when he has, you know, when he's having that MVP-like season, it's really hard to beat a guy like that. And for sure, the Rams have the weapons there, and probably even more weapons than the Falcons have had in quite some time. So, I mean, yeah, there's Julio Jones, but beyond that, yeah. They haven't uh, really had a running game in a while. Uh, they've had good receivers. Like, they had Austin Hooper last year, but, yeah, it's been it's been iffy since the Super Bowl run. Yeah. So, especially now, it's just kind of questionable. But if you put him on the Rams roster – you know, he has all these weapons now, and I think he can certainly provide good seasons. And to the point where I feel like Matt Ryan could, you know, make a huge impact that uh, Jared Goff can't. So would I go with Goff or Ryan? I think for the next five years, I'm going to go with uh, Matt Ryan. It It's really tough because... I, I don't know if Matt Ryan is going to decline towards the end of that five-year run. But like you said, a solid three years, I think, will certainly be there. And I kind of see him as like a, 
um, you know, a quarterback that kind of declines, like, uh, say, Matt Hasselback. He still may not be, you know, um, you know, of the top, top players in the NFL, but I still see him kind of like aging, um, you know, just slightly and gracefully. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would be okay with Ryan for the next five years. Yeah, he's, I think this, this is not a knock on Goff at all. I think Ryan, uh, since that run has become a little underrated. And before that run, he was kind of underrated. He's always been one of the better quarterbacks in the league and probably will continue to be for a couple of years. Uh, speaking of Ryan's, I, it, I cannot believe this guy's on the list, Johnny, but Ryan Tannehill, uh, crazily, this guy is 32 years old or will be at the start of the season. His last 10 games of last season were the games he started through over 2,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions, 181 rushing yards and four touchdowns, had the best passer rating in the league. Before that, he was a pretty mediocre quarterback. I actually think he was a little underrated. I think he had some moments on Miami where he looked pretty good, but I cannot sit here with a straight face and say that he was good the entire time. Uh, he was a pretty average quarterback. Nobody expected him to be as good as he was last year. I expected him to be better than Mariota, but that was an easy bet to me personally. Um, but if if you're talking Ryan Tannehill, the bet would basically be what's more likely for the next five years, that you get 2019 Ryan Tannehill or you get 2018 Jared Goff. I think it's kind of clinically insane to say that Ryan Tannehill being this good for the next five years is more likely than Goff being as good as he was in 2018 for the next five years and I am going Goff but I thought the man deserved to be listed here personally I am not a Ryan Tannehill fan if you ask me would I rather have Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry I'm gonna say Derrick Henry just because (laughs) he's the reason he is literally the reason, guys. It is not Ryan Tannehill. I don't care what anybody says. Ryan Tannehill is not the quarterback that, you know, basically analysts are saying he is. He's he's okay. Would I rather have him over Mariota? Absolutely. I mean, last year kind of proved it. But would I rather have him over Goff? Not even for one year. No. No, I'm sorry. I would rather have Jared Goff. And I'd rather have him for the next five years. Next one. <laughs> I, I yeah, I think just strictly for next year, I'd I'd still rather have Jared Goff. But wouldn't it be nice, Johnny, to like like Ryan Tannehill only turned the ball away three times or nine times last year? Would that be that's kind of nice. Kind of nice. They're all amazing kind of nice to not have huge worries about your quarterback just throwing it to the other team at like every other play i mean if if you stick golf behind that offensive line i guarantee you that uh he, he ain't gonna be you know throwing away so much either <laughs> yeah it's it Tannehill might just be a right place at right time but i think he is gonna be good for them but no i wouldn't rather have him than golf uh jimmy jimmy g jimmy garoppolo 28 years old a uh, guy has been dynamite, twenty-one and five as a starter. Last year, he led the Forty ers to the Super Bowl, four thousand yards, twenty-seven touchdowns. Thir- no, we're not taking Jimmy Garoppolo over Jared Goff. 
if you switched Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff last last year, Johnny, you know what would have happened? We would have sucked even more. Yeah, I, I I I think nothing would have changed for either team, and that was Garoppolo's like best year and Goff's worst year. Uh, I think that, <laughs> I think that both teams have more or less the same season. Uh, no, it's Goff. He's younger. Uh, he's got more. Crazy enough, he has more. He's proven more uh, to me personally. I, I think it's an easy decision, even with maybe my bias is flashing, but it's it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, uh, it, if you think that Jimmy G is the better quarterback, it's because you're looking at the 49ers as a team, as a whole. The 49ers as a whole is a stacked team. And I would say that the defense is primarily what was responsible for the 49ers, you know, success. You know, uh, they they got to the Super Bowl, didn't quite make it there. And I think the main reason, actually, I know the main reason, is because of Jimmy G. Like, seriously, if I, I feel like even though Jared Goff was in a similar situation, but I feel like if you have Jared Goff there over Jimmy G, I'm pretty sure he gets the Super Bowl. I'm that serious. Yeah, I I agree, but I I do have to say this. Like Garoppolo's career win record is insane. And if it like continues uh to be ridiculous for like the next three years, even if he's not playing at that high of a level, like you got you gotta respect him at that point. But I, I not yet. Not yet. Uh, so, Johnny, I saved the last guy here for a reason. Can you think of who we haven't talked about yet? That would be Dak. That would be Dak. <laughs> He's twenty. He will be 27 at the start of 2020, this season. So, older than Goff, but not really enough to affect the five-year window here. Uh, as the Cowboys starter over four seasons, 65.8% completion rate, throwing 97 touchdowns, 36 interceptions. So basically like a three to one ratio there. Uh, last year he completed 65% of his passes threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, Johnny, I'm throwing you a lifeline here. Talk, talk me out of this. Talk me out of so what my this, mind is telling me to do right now. So this one's very tough, honestly, because I feel like these are two quarterbacks that you could make an argument, whether they're in the top half of the NFL or if they're in like the bottom tier, you know, because I don't feel like either one of these guys are elite. But... I don't know. It's really this is by far the hardest comparison because I I I just don't. I'm not a huge Dak Prescott fan. I never have been, and I don't think I ever will be. But he does. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's an awful quarterback. Uh, I again, there are a lot of other guys I would, you know not take over Dak Prescott, you know, if it's a argument between Dak Prescott and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I'm going to take Dak. 
But over Goff, ah, I don't. This is one that I'm really not sure. And I think I would still take Goff. And this is the only reason why I'm going to still take Goff is for system familiarity. And I don't know if Dak Prescott would thrive with the Rams because, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that he's used to playing on as bad an offensive line. Now, the Cowboys' offensive line hasn't been as good as it's been in previous years, but it's certainly better than the Rams'. He was sacked. I think we can all agree with that. This, I, yeah. I do agree with that. He was sacked 50 times in 2018, though, which kind of blew my mind. 56 times. Uh, the His first two years, they were the best line in the league. Uh, the last two years, they haven't been as good. But we also can't sit here and act like for Goff's two best years, he didn't also have a really good offensive line. It wasn't peak Dallas, but uh, it was still pretty damn good. Well, there you have it. And <laughs> good. I I don't know this this one's driving me crazy. The highs for Goff have been higher. Uh, I think the lows have certainly been lower. I think Dak has been a more consistent player. Uh, he's less likely to walk into the building and throw you out of the game. Uh, but if you're in a shootout, he might be less likely to win you the game. If Goff is hot, he's the better player. I think I, I would stand by that, but he's not always hot. Uh, even in, in 2018, there were some games where you're scratching your head at how the guy's playing. Uh, I don't know. I'm not ready to make my decision. It, it uh, honestly, like you could make an argument for either or it's that close. And if you were to ask, if someone were to come up to me and say, Johnny, you're crazy, I would take Dak Prescott. I wouldn't argue with you because it, it's so close. Um, I Again, I'm, I'm just grasping at straws here. Uh, and basically, just so I can make a decision, I'm saying Jared Goff just because of system familiarity. And one of the reasons why I think Jared Goff is as good as he is is because he flourishes in Sean McVay's system. And we just simply don't know if that would be the same for Dak Prescott. Uh, again, while the Cowboys' offensive line isn't as good as it used to be, it's certainly way better than the Rams' current offensive line. And for a guy that, you know, he tr- does try to be quarterback first before he is a quarterback, uh, or a running back in some cases, I, I think he would struggle in, in Los Angeles because of that. So for that reason, I think I'm going to go with, with uh, Jared Goff. You could call me a Jared Goff homer. You can call me whatever it is. Uh, you could say I'm wearing Kool-Aid or, or drinking the Kool-Aid or wearing the Homer sunglasses or whatever the hell you want to say. But I, I think you can make an argument for either side, and I would not – blame you either way. Johnny, I think most people listening would agree with you. But I, I don't think I'm gonna I think That's I'm fine. gonna I think I'm gonna say Dak. And it's really close and I think 
this one and Stafford and Kyler Murray, I think, were pretty clearly the three hardest decisions to make. Everything else felt pretty easy, to be honest. Uh, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't see Dak being as bad as Goff was last year on this team. I know the line was horrible. I don't know. It's so hard. I don't know. You know what? I, I'm gonna say Goff just so I could sleep with myself at night. I don't know. This is this is the hardest one. I think both the Rams and the Cowboys should be happy with their quarterbacks, and Cal Dallas should pay their fucking quarterback. Honestly, I don't get what they're doing. Uh, is he? He must be asking for seventy million dollars a year. Yeah, uh, no, I I would not pay him that much. I'm just gonna say, uh, I'm just gonna say that. But um, Steve. I, I was so ready to take your new Ram logo Ram card away from you if you were going to pick Dak over uh, Jared Goff. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's tough. I I think they're about. I think they're about even today. And, and look, they are. like let's let's say Dak goes out next year and balls out. The Cowboys are going to regret not paying him because Pat Mahomes is coming up for a contract extension and he's going to reset the market because they're going to give him so much money. And I know you like you could say, well, Dak isn't going to earn Patrick Mahomes money. Look, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL is almost always the quarterback that most recently signed their contract. It's rarely the best quarterback. It will be when Pat Mahomes signs his contract probably for like five days until somebody else extends. Uh, because that's just how it is. Matthew Stafford's been the highest-paid quarterback. Jared Goff's been the highest-paid quarterback. Matt Ryan's been the highest-paid quarterback. It's just whoever signed the most recently is usually how it goes. There might be a little leeway. Like, I know Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have huge contracts, but the highest-paid quarterback is usually the guy who signed the most recently. Usually, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, if it's a choice between Patrick Mahomes and, and Dak Prescott, I, I think we all know the answer there. No, n- yeah, obviously, and we need. That's why we didn't even talk about Mahomes. But the Cowboys are set up for success this year. Dak will probably give them success, like at least from a statistical standpoint. And you're gonna have to pay him either way. And like the whole thing we've talked about with Goss contract and everything, you've got all this talent in place. You don't want to restart. Like you don't want to plug in another quarterback that's not a sure thing obviously all the guys we've talked about here today uh you could plug those guys in yes but none of these players are available like (laughs) there's a reason they're not on the rams uh you can't go out and get matt ryan that's not a thing that your team can do so it's like you don't you don't want to rebuild with a rookie. You don't you don't want to rebuild with fucking Andy Dalton, probably. Like, we'll see what happens there. And I like Andy Dalton. I think that was a great signing. But uh, you just you have a guy you know is good. You know you can win with. Quarterbacks make a shitload of money. That's the nature of the beast. Pay the guy that you know you can win with. Poor little Dalton. <laughs> that was a good signing, man. Yeah, I'd love I- to have Andy Dalton. Uh, as a backup, absolutely. Yeah, as a backup. Um, but he never... He never really had a shot in uh, Cincy, though. He was – Andy Dalton was a good player. Uh, he was a fine quarterback. I think they could have won with him, uh, and they almost did a couple times, but they uh, they <laughs> had some bad luck. They got so unlucky uh, in that one Steelers game. 
Steelers have a fucking assistant coach on the field, and the refs throw a bunch of flags against the Bengals. What a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a story for another day. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been going for a while, so uh, don't forget, enter the Apple Podcast contest. Uh, hit us up anywhere, Twitter, at Zero at Johnny five nine six with questions for next week's show if you want them, uh, and we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening. I don't really think I'm an idiot most of the time. type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters Jalen Brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of the lane is real people and 30 feet is still in range Curry, where else can a city this loud be this slept on where else is history still in the making oh my goodness. where else the NBA only here season begins December 22nd on ABC ESPN TNT and NBA TV the NBA is back where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the rafters? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city home to your biggest rival? The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.